Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. The Lord desires two things from us. Faith and obedience. And God is working mightily through those he can trust. And through God's mighty power at work within us, we're able to witness the mighty things that he's doing, not only here locally, in our lives individually and here locally, but globally as well. So are we yielding to him and are we saying, God, work through my life because I have faith and I'm willing to obey whatever you ask me to do. So I want to thank uh, everybody that helped out the last couple of weeks, uh, everybody that helps out every week actually, but for the last couple of weeks, Pastor Christine and I have been out of town, and uh, I'll share more of that at some other juncture, but I want to thank everybody for stepping up and serving. I want to thank Al and, and Julia for filling in, uh, did a great job on teaching, and uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. Julia taught about spiritual health which is vital for our spiritual maturity. And then Al talked about God's love. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's law. So I want to thank you guys and everybody for filling in for us while we were out. Uh, we went to Israel, and it was an amazing trip. And we're talking about maybe trying to do that for us as a, a body that we could all go. So we'll talk more about that later. But we're still in the series Prepare and today I want to talk about globally, uh, global impact is really what I want to talk about. Uh, my first point this morning is we choose to partner with the Lord to reach others. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the many things that God allows us to do is prompted by His Holy Spirit many times, even the good things that we do. Because the Lord will say, hey, would you go bless this person, or would you pray for this person, or would you, you know, reach out, or would you go witness to this person? And so we have the Holy Spirit that's guiding us and leading us, and so I don't think we can really take credit for a whole lot of the good things that we do, other than we're just obeying what the Lord is asking us to do, because there are earthly implications and rewards. You think about when, when we're able to go and, and share the hope and the love of Christ or pray with people or encourage people or counsel with people that are going through struggles and challenges. It impacts their world today. It impacts their life and their family and their marriage and their home, which will impact their grandchildren, great-grandchildren, on down the line. And so think about the opportunities that we have that God has given to us. We have the anointing, the power, the authority, the dominion. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And it not only has earthly impacts, but it has eternal impacts. Because we're talking about eternity, people's lives of eternity, lives of eternity. From, from now on, you think about our life as only a short, a short time frame in comparison to eternity. And so uh, our life is important today, of course, but... I think even more importantly is our eternal life. I wanted to, uh, this morning I'm talking about the global impact, and I want to talk a little bit about our impact individually and as a corporate body, as, as Life Fellowship Church. Life Fellowship gives $1,000 every month to Mao's, Mao's, 
Ma, ma Oz. I, I can never pronounce it. <laughs> it's Ma Oz, I think, in Israel. And so the Lord uh, placed that on our heart uh, at, from the very beginning to begin to share the hope and the love of Christ with Jesus, of Jesus uh, with the people in Israel. And almost every dollar that we send out for outreach and mission comes from the general offering, offering that we all give. That uh, we return, we know that we return the first 10% of our increase to the Lord. And so the majority of, of that, that money that we give comes from uh, those general offerings. And sometimes a few of you specifically give toward like uh, the $1,000 that we give to Israel or when we have guest speakers and things like that. Um, so I, I, I think that. It's important to understand that, well, let me say this before I go on. Life Fellowship has given locally, regionally, and globally probably over, I I had a report run, and this was the number that came back to me, almost $300,000 that we have given to to support the the local uh, outreach and evangelism, but also globally. And, and so many of, uh, or most of that has come from just our general tithes and offerings, but some of us have given above and beyond that, like special offerings. Uh, and, and I, I want to I thank all of you for your faithfulness in giving. Um, but, and, and I also want to say this, before we support other ministries outside of Life Fellowship, let's be supporting the ministries that God has called us to. So anytime you want to put a, a special gift of like $100 or, or whatever that may be toward Israel, and there are a few of you that do that, that helps offset the, the giving that we're giving from our general fund that we're able to put into savings. And you know that we have this building fund coming up, and we have a lot of expenses with that. But, but the thing that I really want to emphasize is that we are making a difference it's interesting that God takes our money and converts those into saved souls. Think about that, that we have the opportunity to reach out to people. And, and I want to talk a little bit about tithes, the difference between tithes and offerings. This is not, not really a, t- a tithe message, but the Word says that we're to bring the first 10% of our increase to the Lord. That's our tithe. And then our offering is anything that we give above and beyond that. And I know many of us are very generous in giving above and beyond the tithes. And I want to thank you for returning the Lord's portion back to him. The, the Lord's portion re, uh, belongs to him. And so when we give the first 10% of our increase, we're just o- obeying. We're simply obeying what the Lord has asked us to do. Because the tithe belongs to him already. He gives us 100%. He says, I want 10% back. And it's amazing to me to find how many Christians don't, don't tithe. And, and the thing is that they're missing out on the blessings of God. We don't buy God's blessings, but blessings follow obedience. And so when we tithe, when we return to him what belongs to him, we're simply obeying. And a special thank you to all of you that give above and beyond because I know that's an act of obedience when we pray and the Lord directs us to give above and beyond our tithe, hearing and choosing and obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit is vital. And we know that we can't outgive the Lord. 
So again, I'm talking about global impact here, and money is a part of that. Because we can't always go to Africa or to India or to these foreign countries, but we can often send money to support them and what they're doing. Hearing and obeying is key to our relationship with the Lord. Hearing but also obeying, because we can hear the Lord and we can choose not to obey. So, I have some questions or some things I'd like you to consider. Do you think it's hard for me to teach on forgiveness? No. Why? Because, you know, the Word says that if, if we don't forgive others, we will not be forgiven. And I've seen people that live a life of unforgiveness, and I've seen the results, and maybe you have too, where they're angry and they won't forgive. And, and they, they live a life of just their life being destroyed by unforgiveness that can turn into hatred and then bitterness. Have you, have you ever known anybody that's just bitter? And I think if you go back and you strip it all down, you'd probably find there's some unforgiveness there. Do you think it's hard for me to teach on salvation through Christ only? It's not. We're saved by grace through faith when we believe not of our works, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. You know that. What about teaching on obedience? I talk about that a lot. Do you think it's hard for me to talk about us being obedient? No, it's not. Because blessings follow obedience. And please hear me, I'm not talking about money. Not necessarily. But I'm talking about just yielding to the Lord. Will we make room for Him? Break down the walls of all my religion. Shake up the, the ground of all my tradition. Your way is better. We sing that song, but do we really buy into it? Do we really go out and live it? I, I've had people say, well, I guess it's hard for you to teach on tithing. No, it's not. Because when we give, when we return to the, the Lord's money back to Him, He promises to bless us. He promises to supernaturally bless us. And so the prosperity message that we've heard says we give to get. The biblical message is we get to give. And the return on the investment is eternal rewards. So as we give to these ministries that are reaching other people, we have the benefit of sharing the rewards of, of those things, of seeing people get saved. Seeing people's lives touched and changed, not only here in this space and time, but for eternity. Our giving is a direct result of our heart toward the Lord. And I think one of the biggest challenges for new believers is when they have been taught the tithing message and say, wow, wait a minute, the Lord says that I'm to return 10% of my income to Him. I remember when I first, before I, I learned about tithing, I would put $100 in the bucket and feel really good. But you know what? I wasn't obeying <laughs> what the Lord was teaching me and, and telling me. And so when we, get, when we get to this place where we say, Lord, it's all yours. It's all yours. And you're only asking for 10%. That's a pretty good deal. Because if it were me, I'd probably be asking for 50%. <laughs> But why wouldn't I want every one of us, even people that are not part of this church, to be blessed? Why wouldn't I want that? I do want that. 
And so we want to walk in the full blessings of God. We want to, to fulfill everything that he's called us to. And so again, blessings follow obedience. We see that principle throughout Scripture. We see where Abraham, God told Abraham, go to the land, I will show you. Faith. I don't know where you're taking me, Lord, but I have faith to trust in you. And not only do I have faith, but I'm willing to obey. And he tells Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. What did he tell the children of Israel? He said, march around the city of Jericho seven times. <laughs> You're going to take the city, but march around it. And the first six times, don't say anything. Be quiet. <laughs> Doesn't make any logical sense. But, but he says, if you will obey me, I will give you the city. In fact, I'm going to give you this whole land. And he said, but, but I want the spoils from Jericho first. Give me the first. Give me the first fruits. And I'll give you the rest. See, that's a biblical principle that we see throughout Scripture. And, he, and so we know that uh, for the most part, they took all the treasures and, and everything and returned to the Lord from Jericho. But there was one man, I, who did not do that. Or Achan, I'm sorry. Achan. And he, he saw a, a Babylonian robe that he wanted to take. And he took 200 silver coins. And he took a bar of gold. And when the, the children of Israel went to take Ai, the next city, they looked at that. They looked at the, the, the possibilities of just taking that city pretty easily. And they said, we don't need to send a big army. Let's just send like 3,000 people down there. It's going to be an easy victory. And they got defeated. 36 men got killed. And, they, and Joshua was crying out. He said, what happened, Lord? You promised us this land. And we go to this little area to take, take it over, and we get our, our tails whipped. They said, get up. Somebody in the camp has disobeyed. And so Joshua began to go to each tribe and drill down into each family in each tribe until they found out who it was, Achan. And God said, destroy them. Kill them, stone them. His whole family, all of his sheep and cattle, all of his belongings, they burned. Because they were disobedient, it impacted this, this whole nation. 36 men lost their life because of this one man's disobedience. So we see that obedience is key. Returning the first fruits to the Lord is a, a principle that's throughout Scripture. Why tithe? One, the Lord tells us to. And two, we are the recipients of his blessings when we obey. And if you, if you have any, any questions about this principle or truth, go back and read Malachi 3. God says, hey, don't, if you don't tithe, you're stealing from me. I don't want to be stealing from God. I don't think anybody does. And then if, if you say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, go read uh, Matthew 23, 23, where Jesus says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. You've, you, you're so careful to tithe every little thing, but you forget the, the greater things, justice, mercy, and faith. So Jesus is saying tithing is basic, fundamental. So Miles is a Christian-based ministry doing a great work. 
They share the good news of Jesus with Jews, Arabs, Muslims. There, there are many cultures in Israel, and I, I guess I didn't really fully understand this. There's a, a, a very diverse population there. And it's a very delicate balance of keeping the peace between all these different factions and all these different people. And this morning, I want to examine the, the global impact you make. The global impact that we are making corporately. Most of our global support is, is through providing money directly. Because we can't always go to Africa and and Israel, and all these different places. Occasionally, we, we travel to meet with pastors and teach and, and train other pastors and leaders. And this year, we'll probably be going on a trip to do that. But the Lord blesses us to be a blessing to others. And I know you know what that's like when you do something nice for someone, and you see how they're blessed, but... Also, we see how we're blessed when we bless others. The Lord blesses us to be a blessing to others. He doesn't want us to hoard what's His, but He wants us to be generous. And I'm so thankful that so many of you are so abundantly gracious in giving, not only of your, your money, but your time and your talents, your treasures as well. Because God is taking what we do, whether that be our time, our talents, and our treasures, and He's able to expand that. God will not ask us to do anything that's impossible for us. But when we do what's possible, He will take that and then do the impossible. We get to be a part of those blessings and those rewards. Listen, we're talking about people's lives. We're talking about salvation. People being able to, to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give them and us. We're talking about eternal salvation for people that don't know the Lord. It's a serious thing. And, and I thank the Lord that He is giving us generous hearts for His kingdom. I'm thankful for us as a, as a church that we are so gracious in giving because it's not just about the money. It's about people's souls. It's about their life. And one day, we'll be on the other side. We'll be in heaven. I think we're going to get to see the impact of what God has done through us and our faithfulness and our obedience we won't be able to go back and say, oh, wait a minute, let me go back and, let me go back and give over here. Let me, let me go do this. The time is now for us to make the impact in the world that, that we live in. And the Lord says that those who bless Israel will be blessed. And from the beginning... Uh, the inception of Life Fellowship Ministries International, the Lord placed on, on my heart that we're to support Israel, that we're to give $1,000 a month to Israel. But, you know, right after, right after the Lord tells Abraham to go to the land that he will show him, that we just read about it, it's in Genesis chapter 12, 
He says this in, in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. He's talking to Abraham here, but he's, he's talking to the, the nation of Israel, really. He's saying, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. In the Six-Day War, when there were five armies coming against Israel, Israel was, had a meager army. They had a few tanks and a few men. But God protected them. They were able to defeat five armies, substantial armies, because God's hand of protection was on, upon them. And uh, I think when uh, Shanine and Kobe were here uh, a year or so ago, and they, they were talking about some of the things they dealt with in Israel and how they would, uh, their enemies would shoot Scud missiles over toward them and, and the wind would blow them out to the Mediterranean Sea and things like that. God has his hand of protection upon Israel. And he says he will curse those who treat Israel with contempt. And I think one of the reasons the United States has been so blessed is because we've supported Israel. We've been an ally of Israel. He goes on to write, or he goes on to say, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. He's talking to Abraham. How are all the families of the earth blessed through him? Because through the bloodline of Abraham came Jesus. That we could all be saved. That we could all be redeemed. That we could all be brought into this personal, intimate relationship with God. Through who? Through Jesus. Through the lineage, through the line of Abraham. And then in Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul's writing to the, the, the church in Rome, and he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. It's the power of God at work working through this good news about Jesus. Because when we come to faith in Christ, when we yield to him, God is doing amazing things. It's a good work that God is doing. God is transforming our life. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. See, we are grafted in. God created a people where there was no people. And he said, these are my people. And he says, if you will bless them, I will bless you. And through them, the Savior will come to save the world. God has a special place in his heart. For all of us. But he has a special place in his heart for the Jew. And we are grafted into what they have through Christ. He goes on to say in verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. How does God make us right in his sight? Through Christ. Through what Christ has done on the cross. Through the blood of Christ. We are made righteous. We are brought into right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. This is accomplished, oh, well, let's see, I read that part. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by our good works. By faith. The Word says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So as we give the Word of God, as we ingest the Word of God, it builds our faith. Because what does it say? Oh, it's impossible to please God without faith. As the scriptures say, it's through faith that a righteous person has life. 
And so last week, Al taught on law versus love. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus fulfilled the law. Jesus saves us so that our hearts are changed. My first point, we choose to partner with the Lord to reach others. My second point is obedience to God leads to blessings. God gave a vision and a passion to a man named Ari Soko Ram. He was the founder of Maos, Israel. He had a vision and a passion and a heart for the people of Israel. To see these different groups that were residing in that, that area come into relationship with Jesus. And I thought about what was so special about this man. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that he chose to obey. Maybe that's what made him special. Because maybe God had reached out or, or tried to get someone else to go and do this work. But he said, I'll go. In 1967, there were only a few Jewish followers of Christ the Messiah. In 1967, only a handful. 55 years later, there are tens of thousands of followers of Christ. Today, there are hundreds of Jewish and Arab congregations. And we have the privilege and opportunity to partner with some of these ministries that are making committed followers of Christ throughout the land of Israel. This, this is just one thing that God is doing through Life Fellowship. And I don't want to minimize this one thing Because our influence is impacting hundreds of thousands of people. God honors us for blessing Israel. Uh, some current updates. Uh, when we were over there, we had a chance to visit with Kobe and Shani for a little while and worship. Oh, man, it was so good with them. And uh, they were saying that when COVID hit, there were a number of recording studios in Jerusalem, but after COVID, they're the only one. And uh, God has given them great favor. They're writing and recording praise and worship songs that are tailored to the people of Israel. And they just signed a, 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 a deal with a, a major praise and worship distributor. So their music now is going to be distributed worldwide on a greater level. Uh, Kobe was telling me that they came to him and they said, hey, we know you're doing these teachings. He's doing these teachings, uh, I guess, every week or whatever. And, and, and they said, well, we want, we want to take your teachings and translate them to Spanish. <laughs> and he was like, Israel, Jewish, Spanish, I'm not really seeing the connection here. But doors are opening for them that, that they would have never thought of. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us, within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So who would ever think that their, their focus would be ministering to the, the people of Israel, the Jews, and there's a door open up for them to, to teach in Spanish. So here's the thing. 
if we will just walk in faith, if we will obey, God will do some amazing things that we would have never even considered or thought of. Some other powerful things that that they shared with us. Um, Have you ever read a chronological Bible? Do you know what that is? You know, the Bible, uh, if you take the typical Bible, it's not in chronological order. Because sometimes you'll be reading in First Chronicles or Second Samuel, or you'll be going, wait a minute, I, I, didn't I read about this over here, or in Judges, or Joshua, or something? You'll be reading about something, and you'll be going, well, wait, I think that's over here. Well, the chronological Bible puts everything in chronological order. And so they have that in the NLT, and I encourage you to get one if you like. I've read it. It's really good. It kind of helps pull some things together. Well, how many of you have ever tried to read like the King James Bible? <laughs> Thou go forth. And, you know, it uses verbiage that we don't use today. It's written in Old English. Okay? So we don't really use that verbiage anymore. But how, how can you really get into the Word and really glean from it if you don't understand? And, and so uh, that's one of the reasons we use the, the New Living Translation, because it's easy to understand and it's accurate. But here's the, the, the point that I'm trying to get to. When the Jews go to the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, they, they teach out of the original Hebrew and Aramaic. And so the Jews have a hard time understanding the Scripture because of the antiquated words. And the rabbis are like, well, you know, you can't really understand this. You need me to interpret the Scripture for you. And you really are not qualified to interpret the Scripture until you spend years studying like I've done. And so they are, the, the people are not able to just freely read and understand the Bible like we have it. But, but Maos has translated the Bible into a language that the common people can understand. And they also have the, uh, the Bible in chronological order so they can begin to put all this together. Listen, when we were there, it was amazing to tie in the Scripture to the things that we were seeing, the topography and all of the different things that we saw and went to and experienced, it just kind of brings the Bible alive. But if, if you can't understand the Bible, if you can't read the Bible, it doesn't, it doesn't really help you. And here they're living in the land where all of this took place. So think how impactful it is for them to be able to read the Scriptures, to understand the Scriptures, and tie that into where their, their, their very homes are and, and their communities are. And also in this Bible, they have uh, the chronological Bible, they have footnotes for the antiquated and hard-to-understand original wording. We went to one place, a museum, where they had the scroll of Isaiah, and I thought it would be like five miles long. But I'm like, Really? This is all of Isaiah? And so their wording is different than ours. Sometimes I think that their language is more efficient than ours because a word can present a word picture that can cover a lot more words maybe than what it would take for us to try to describe in English what's being said. So now they can read the Bible for themselves. So again, we're talking about what is the impact that we're making So as we give and we support them financially, they're able to do these kinds of things. 
So we choose to partner with the Lord to reach others. We choose to do that. Because we can say, the Lord can say, I want you to give. And, and as, as the leader of this church, you know, I, I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to give? What do you want us to do? I could say, no, that's too much money. I don't want to give that. <laughs> you can do the same thing, right? We choose to partner with the Lord. It's an it's a, uh, intentional thing. We have the sunrise service at the Chemo Boardwalk in a couple of weeks. I'm going to ask many of you to serve and help out. That's a choice that you make. Well, I'm not going today. I'm going to sleep in. I don't want to go because I'm. it's early. I, I don't want to be inconvenienced. <laughs> but what about the eternal rewards? What about the impact of the people around us? Do we give a rip about the people around us? <laughs> So we choose to partner with the Lord to reach others. Obedience is God. Uh, obedience to God leads us to blessings. And when our hearts are changed, mm, our motives are changed. If we don't have a heart for God, if we don't have a heart for the things that God loves, if we don't have a heart for people, I have to wonder, are we even saved? Are we reflecting his heart? Do we love the things that he loves? Do we hate the things that he hates? Our, our pastor in Corpus, Pastor Don, uh, he's real big on this Christ-centered message, taking the message of Christ to the world. And so God has given them an organization called the Fellowship International. And they're going all over the globe, reaching tens, probably hundreds of thousands of pastors to teach them the Christ-centered message, that they're not teaching these other gospels, the prosperity message and all this other stuff. And Ghana is one of the critical places that they see that's going to impact Africa, the whole continent of Africa. So they're investing in Ghana. And the last report I had, and, and I don't know how accurate this is, it could, it's probably more, but he says they've, they're teaching 40,000 pastors, 40,000 pastors in Ghana alone. And so probably globally, it's well over 100,000 pastors that they're teaching and training up and investing in and helping. And let's say there's 100,000 pastors that they're investing in. Say each pastor has 10 people that they're influencing in their congregation. Do the math. It's a million people. And it's probably greater than that. And in February, they, they had a conference, and uh, Pastor Christine and I went, and we kind of tailored some teachings from that about the plumb line. Remember, we've been talking about the plumb line the last few weeks. And uh, before we went, the Lord placed on my heart that we were to give them $5,000 to help. And so, I, you know, initially I'm like, well, Lord, is that you? <laughs> Really? 5000 You know, we've got architect uh, bills coming up, and we've got structural en engineer we've got to hire, and mechanical, electrical, plumbing engineers, and we've got this building project. And Is it really 5000 He said, yeah. So I, I said, Pastor Christine, let's write a check. Because <laughs> if I had time to think about it, I'd probably talk myself out of it, right? No, I don't think I would. But... We gave, we, okay, we, us as a church, gave $5,000 toward that work that's reaching 
tens of thousands of pastors that are impacting hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of people. This is no light matter. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so pleased that we get to do that. I hope you're catching my heart here that God is blessing us to be able to bless others. $5,000 is a lot of money for us. But you know, here's the thing. If everybody would just obey what God has told them to do, we're doing what God is asking of us. You know, we give 5000 God could place on somebody's heart to give us $5 million. That would take care of our building project. And then some. But are we obeying? Are we doing what God's asked us to do? Yes, we are doing everything that God has asked us to do. And more. <laughs> Sometimes more. And look at the blessings that we have. We have a beautiful piece of property with the mineral rights. It's paying 65 to 80% of our land payment. <laughs> How does that happen? The favor of God? I mean, people don't, people don't give away, they don't convey their mineral rights. And there's more that God wants to do. But it, causes, it, 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 it requires us to walk in faith. God, I don't know how you're going to build this building. This thing is probably over a million dollars. I don't know. But this is your gig, this is your deal, and you're going to have to provide. And so God gives us the opportunity to obey, and then He takes our obedience and expands it. So men and women all over the world are being further equipped and trained to equip others, and we're part of that. We may never know the impact until we get to heaven on what our faithfulness, what our obedience has done. The blessings of the Lord and our financial support allow us to reap some of the rewards that will be the result of this work, whether it be in Israel or India or in Ghana or other places across the globe that TFI is going that we don't even mention because it's too dangerous. It puts people's lives in danger if we were to even talk about that. And our consistent, faithful financial support has made a significant impact in reaching hundreds of thousands of people. We're investing in hundreds of pastors in India who are training up and equipping probably thousands more. We are choosing to partner with the Lord to reach others. Our obedience to God leads to blessings because He wants to pour out and He wants to bless people that have open hands that say, Lord, bless us so we can bless others. And it just keeps coming. It just keeps flowing. That happens in your life personally. It happens in the church corporately. It starts with us. And when our hearts are changed, our motives are changed. God gave Ari 
uh, sure, uh, what's his last name? This guy from Miles. Gave Ari a vision and a heart for the people of Israel. What's different about him? He chose, he chose to obey, probably. So the Lord has given us a vision to continue to obey him and to make disciples, to have our own building on the land he's providing, provided for us, to impact our communities and the world. What a tremendous privilege. You know, he's, as I mentioned, we have the oil royalties or hundreds of homes to be built right beside us, three, three schools close by. We, God has given me a huge vision for us. We just need more resources. We need more people. We could be investing in these schools right now if we had the resources if we had somebody that could go to some of these schools and minister to these kids, do you think our kids need it? I think the schools would love it if we could go into the schools and help them, help these kids. The Lord gives the vision. His people are then responsible to carry it out. The Lord showed Moses the promised land. And under Joshua's leadership, they took the promised land. They had to battle for it. They had to take the land. God gave it to them, but they still had to battle for it. And then even once they got there, they still had to protect it, and they still had to battle, it, battle for it. And the Lord will continue to provide. Will you continue to support the vision that God has given us? Or will you allow others to do the work and let them receive the blessing? There's plenty of blessing to go around. Plenty. So, we, we have the opportunity to make the difference. But are we going to be a part of that? Or are we going to allow others to do that? God is working through us to bring others into a relationship with Christ. Let's maximize the time and opportunities we have. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we can freely meet here and share the gospel, worship, pray together, be together. There are people all across the world that have to hide to have meetings like this. Earthly implications and rewards, eternal implications and rewards come from our obedience and our faithfulness.